All right, between the coronavirus crisis, the stock market crisis, and the oil and the Middle East crisis, how is a Christian to respond? Let's get into it in the meanwhile. You're listening to In the Meanwhile with Les and Paige Hughes, where every episode helps you apply God's Word to your daily life, especially while waiting for God's answers to prayer as you wait for Him in those meanwhile moments. Remember, God is good all the time. Now here's Les and here's Paige. Hello, we're Les and Paige Hughes, and this is another episode of In the Meanwhile. Now, before we really get into the content for today, we want to just go ahead and up front say that we realize that the things that we're going to be talking about today aren't to be made light of. Some of them are going to be very serious situations, and they've affected real people in real places all around our planet. We're recording this episode of our podcast in um, in March of 2020, and the news headlines, just like every, in many ways, like every day, they're full of crises and full of negative because that's really what causes people to tune in and and watch different media outlets. And then because they have viewers, they can um, sell advertising to adver- uh, to um, advertisers. But the reality is they you know, they are reporting some things that are taking place. So we don't make light of that at all. We just want to talk about what is an appropriate response from a follower of Christ who does trust in God for these things. So, hello, Paige. Hello, Doc. How are you today? I'm great. And I know that uh, you've given this subject some thought as well because we've talked about it. And since we were talking about it, we thought it would be a good subject for uh, this episode. So what would you like to share? Well, I would also like to share that as a believer, not only are we praying for our own country, but, you know, one of the hardest things about the coronavirus in particular is that it has hit some uh, people groups that don't have the gospel with uh, there, or at least it's not um, as prevalent as it is here. And the thing I want to start by saying is that it has certainly increased my prayer life for those people, because not only are they being infected by this this virus, but many of them don't know Jesus. And so for me, that probably is the greater crisis in some ways. And so that's kind of how that's affected me at the get-go with this thing. But as far as our own country and some things that we as believers need to do, first of all, we do need to be praying for the unbelievers that may contract this um, this disease. And that even now that we would share a true uh, awareness that it is up to us to share the gospel. So that's where I want to jump off this thing to begin with. And then we'll talk about some of the things practically that as a believer, how do we handle some of these crises that comes our way? And so Les, I know God's laid a couple of verses and or passages really on both of our hearts. And why don't you begin with the first one? Well, man, there, there are so many 
You know, the Apostle Paul wrote uh, to the church in Philippi to be anxious for nothing, but in everything um, by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God. Um, that's one place. But I was thinking specifically of uh, something that Jesus said. I mean, he's certainly, we're his creation. He knows how we're wired. He knows what concerns us and what we're worried about. So one more thing before I read some from the Sermon on the Mount and something he said about anxiety and being worried is that we also realize that because of where we live, we have access to treatments and medications and vaccines that many people in the population of the world, some 7 billion people don't have access to. And so we're not we're not a we're not blind to that. We certainly understand that. We just like everyone else, none of us has control over where we're born. We're just grateful for that. And and but that's a great responsibility. And so as we have a chance, we want to bless people with the good news. We want to bless people when we can financially because of the prosperity that we have and uh, we certainly encourage our leaders and our nation to share the knowledge and and share the the treatments or the vaccines that we have as much as we can with the world. So, having said that, let me just let me read and share the words of Jesus though. And again, there are so many places, but this comes from the Sermon on the Mount, and he just says, "For this reason I say to you, do you not do not be worried about your life as to what you'll eat or what you'll drink, not for your body as to what you'll put on." Is life not more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow, um, sow, sow nor reap or gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? And who of you, by being worried, can add a single hour to his life? And why are you worried about clothing? Anyway, he, he just mentions some some things. He, he, he basically says, look, look at the lilies of the field. They don't toil, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothed the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you, you, O you of little faith? Do not worry then, saying, What will we eat, what will we drink, what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things, for your heavenly Father knows what they need, so that they need these things. And here's the bottom line. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has trouble, uh, has enough trouble of its own. There's also a passage that I was just reading this morning, as a matter of fact. It's in Mark chapter 4. And this is when uh, there was a lot of wind blowing the disciples around on the... um, on the Sea of Galilee or the Lake of Gennesaret. And um, in Mark's Gospel chapter, let's see, this is chapter 4 is the one I want to read. On that day when evening came, he came, he said to them, let's go to the other side. Leaving the crowd, they took him along with them in the boat. And as he was there, and he was there, and other boats were with him. And there arose a fierce gale of wind, and the winds and the waves were breaking over the boat so much that the boat was already filling up. But Jesus was in the stern asleep on a cushion. And they woke up and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? And he got up and rebuked the wind and the sea. And he said, Hush, be still. And the wind, wind died down and it became perfectly calm. And he said to them, Why are you afraid? How is it that you have no faith? 
they became very much afraid and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? So there are just several layers in those passages and in, and in many more. I think you're going to share one maybe out of the Psalms in, in a bit, maybe. So we want to just kind of walk through some things that we're, we try to remind ourselves of, not only when we turn on the evening news and, and see what, what's going on, but when we face what can be a perceived crisis for us. It might be something with our health, something with our family, something that we, a phone call we receive from friends. It could be financial. There are so many potential crises. So we try to keep these things in mind. We do keep these things in mind when those, when those crises or perceived crises come. So we want to talk about a few of them. One of the things that we really want to remember is that God is sovereign. That is that he is completely on his own. If you ever hear about a nation being sovereign, that just means they called their shots. No other nation, no other king. They don't answer to any other king. So God is completely sovereign as the most high God. I love, Paige, I love that, that description of God because in the, in the Old Testament in particular, many different nations at least recognized all these false gods or false idols. Now we know that they weren't really gods at all, but when the scripture refers to God as the most high God, that that puts an exclamation point on his sovereignty. That's right. And one of the things that even the word picture you need to see right now, God is not in heaven wringing his hands. He knows exactly what's going on, and he doesn't ask permission from us. He doesn't ask permission from nature. He doesn't ask permission even from viruses or whatever it is, or even the stock market. God is in control. And if you ever wonder about that, just take a step outside. It won't take you long to look at the trees or to look at the, the, even the insects and things like that. If God can take care of creation, don't you know he can take care of you? And he can take care of whatever is coming against you right now and causing you to have great anxiety. We use the word crisis and right now, especially in our country, everything's a crisis. You know, it, it, that it's what Les said. It's how our media and other entities make money. I, I told Les a few minutes ago, I got a call from our daughter, and she and her husband had gone to uh, a, a place of business, a large place of business in the Nashville area. And you know, last week, they had a tornado come through there. But between the tornado and all of the fears and anxieties, there is no toilet paper to be had in that area. And it is a warehouse store. <laughs> Not only that, there are no diapers and there are no uh, san like sanitary wipes or um, hand, hand, hand sanitizer. It's the most ridiculously crazy thing you've ever seen. And to my knowledge, there's only been one person to have been found with the virus that we are talking, you know, concerned about right now. But it has caused people to respond in anxiety. 
And God is not uh, anxious. He's not wringing his hands. He's got a purpose and plan in all of this. And our job is to trust him. Yeah, and again, we're, we're certainly not making light of anybody who might suffer. We're just talking about the response that it's it doesn't seem to be a, a reasonable response considering what's actually taken place, what, what's actually happened. So we're talking about a God who in the flesh, as Jesus, all he had to do was to tell the, wed- the, the weather. We're talking about the winds that... Nobody can completely control and harness the wind. And all Jesus says is, hush, hush. And we may be talking to somebody now who's got a storm going on in your life, like internal storm. And the Lord would say, peace, which is how other translations translate that phrase, peace, be still, hush, peace. I have a friend who told me once about he he was going through a time of turmoil and, and inner um, anxiety in his own life, an inner storm. And there was an actual storm that was really raging outside of his house with the thunder and the lightning. And we would say, you know, with it raining sideways is the way we would put it down here. And so he said in his spirit, he sensed the Lord telling him to pray that it would stop raining. Peace, be still. He just remembered that story that I read. And so he said he sensed the God, God was telling him to go outside and say and pray, peace, be still. Just to show, I mean, have faith is what he sensed. And he thought, Lord, I'm not going to do that. I look like an idiot in front of all my neighbors, go out in the yard and pour down rain. But in his spirit, he said he just felt like it was a matter of obedience. God was telling him to trust him and to do it. So he went out to his front yard and in, with the, in the middle of this raging storm, he just held up his hands and he said, peace, be still. Paige, you know what happened? I do know what happened. It started raining harder. I mean, harder. And the lightning went. So my friend just ran back into the house, soaking wet and frustrated. And he said, God, what in the world? I really sensed you telling me to tell the storm, peace, be still. And he's again, in his spirit, he sensed the Lord saying, that's right. I did want you to. He said, again, my friend said, in his spirit, he felt as if God was saying, I can do that because I'm God and you are not. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of faith that we're talking about. Yeah. In Psalm 46, uh, verse 10, it says, Be still and know that I am God. And that is some great advice right now. Just be still and know that he is God He's got this. He's got you. And even if you do contract this virus, maybe, just maybe, God wants to use this to bring himself great glory and honor. How much do you really know about heaven? Will we have physical bodies there? And what will we do all day long? To test your heaven IQ, Take the quiz at meanwhileministries.com forward slash heaven quiz. Again, that's a free quiz at meanwhileministries.com forward slash heaven quiz. You know, the second thing I would encourage us as, as a group to just know is we need to be wise. We need to do everything we know to do 
but then trust God. And right now in our uh, nation, our government is telling us, be wise, wash your hands, don't take unnecessary, you know, um, action to put yourself in a place that, that you might be in that, uh, you know, uh, exposed if you know someone is sick. But also don't be fearful. I mean, go to church, go to the grocery store, continue to do, just live, uh, wash your hands, like I said, uh, use the antibacterial stuff or whatever that is needed. But again, in wisdom, just make good choices. That, that, that's it. And so we do want to be wise and we do want to do the right things. But we also want to remember that even if whatever it is that we're concerned about does happen, God is in control and he is going to be right with you and he's going to help you. Mm. That's right. And another way to gain the wisdom that we need is to rely on the promises of God. There are two ways to gain wisdom. You can gain wisdom by your own experience. The problem with that one is that can hurt sometimes. And uh, we only have one life to live, right? But we can learn by that. Or, in my opinion, a better way to gain wisdom is to learn from others' experience. And we have a lot of that, especially in the pages of Scripture. One of my favorite Psalms um, is Psalm 91, and it begins by saying, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will hide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For it is He who delivers you from the snare of the trapper and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with His pinions and under His wings you may seek refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a bulwark. You will not be afraid of the terror by night or of the arrow that flies by day, of the pestilence that stalks in darkness or of the destruction that lays waste at noon. And it just goes on from there. But be be wise and trust in the wisdom. As, as the book of James puts it, all true wisdom is wisdom from above. Yeah. The third thing we would like to encourage you to do is just choose joy. You know, uh, Les referenced uh, Philippians 4, verse uh, six, uh, 4 through 6. At the beginning it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Joy is a choice. And right now one of the things that sucks our joy out is listening to the television too much or listening to which, whatever you're listening to on social media, maybe Facebook or Instagram or whatever it is that, that you are uh, browsing through, if you continue to feed your heart, mind, and soul the, the anxieties and the fears that people are perpetuating, then, my friend, you will not have joy. But... If you limit yourself to getting the information and then living, you're going to have a much uh, more peaceful life at that point. And so choosing joy and choosing to limit your, your uh, being around or listening to those negative influences is definitely going to affect you. Exactly. And there are two parts of that. There are There's one where you get out 
what's unhealthy, and then you put in what is healthy. So on the heels of the verses that I mentioned and the page just mentioned a couple of minutes ago, this is solid gold right here. I, I'm going to lay down some, <laughs> this is solid, solid gold because some of these ideas sound pretty good, but um, a cynic might say, yeah, but how in the world do you do that? Well, here's how. So at the very end of that, those verses or at the tail end of the verses that I uh, read a mo- or uh, talked about a minute ago about being anxious for nothing, the latter, the last part is Paul writes in the peace of God. That's what we're talking about, right? Is this peace. The peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So a guard won't let anything in, won't let anything out. Now here's what, what he writes. Finally, brethren, what here's how. What you think on these things, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, not, not speculation, right. not worst case scenario, not if, if everything goes south, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute or good reputation. If there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on or think on these things. The things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these and then the peace of God will be with you. And that's really another thing to do is and another reason to not be fretful. He said what you have learned and received and seen in me. The apostle Paul practiced what he preached and there are people watching, I promise you, watching you and me. And if we show anxiety and fear and if somebody perceives that that's just a lack of faith on our part, then why would they believe in the God that we talk about if he can't settle our hearts? Miss Pat would say, preach. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, that is a great message. You know, the other thing I want to greatly encourage you, and really it circles back around to where we started, praying. Pray for the people in leadership over us. Pray for, at this point, Vice President Pence. And the, the people that are on the team that he is leading, he's a man of faith. And why, my prayer is that God would show himself strong through him. I also believe we need to pray for those who are taking care of the sick. We need to pray for doctors and nurses. And, you know, if your, your community has been hit by this virus, I would greatly encourage you maybe even to send a note to some of them text them, uh, let them know that you are lifting them up in prayer. The other thing is I encourage you greatly to pray that through this time, the gospel of Jesus Christ would be made much of in areas like Iran and China, where the borders are, are closed very much to the gospel message. I pray that somehow God is going to come through and that by faith, these people are going to see that there is one true God and he can be trusted. So those are some of my, my thoughts as we close. Les, do you have a few to, to end with? Um, no, not at all. But we'd like to hear your thoughts. If you have some scripture that you'd like to share, please feel free to go on our uh, Facebook 
page and in one of the Facebook groups and share that as well. You want to tell them how to do that on the meanwhile? Meanwhile.com is the website you can go to search meanwhile ministries on Facebook and that'll take you to the group. You may want to join that group and and see more resources like this. Y'all, if you knew me at all, you would know that I am so, I'm so (laughs) challenged when it comes to all of that. (laughs) Well, she does. She also puts her writes things. It's that is page hughes.com in case you want to go to site. Yeah. And then um, some resources that I write along with the daily devotion is lessuse.com. We'd love to see on any of those. And we're both on Facebook. I can tell you this, that Les, uh, Les writes a daily devotion that would truly bless your heart. And if you're one of my Facebook friends, you know that daily I write a devotion as well. And guys, our, our focus and our goal is to take as many people to heaven with us as we possibly can. And so that's why we do these podcasts. It's why we write, because we want to make much of God. Well, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. We'll see you and talk to you soon. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to In the Meanwhile. Be sure to visit MeanwhileMinistries.com for the show notes and all links mentioned in this episode. And while you're there, check out our free resources for encouragement and hope as you wait for the Lord's leading and provision in your life. Remember, they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength.